What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy, the VP of Off the Ball Network. And I got my guy, Hefe, a.k.a. J.Foo, a.k.a. J.G, if you follow him on Instagram. He's been on the most recent episodes, the last two episodes that I put out. We talked about the AFC. And then, you know, we got to interview his niece, the professional soccer player for Toluca, Destiny Daron. So, you know, he's kind of blown up a little bit on the platform, you know what I'm saying? So it's good to have him back. Hefe, what's going on, bro? What's up, bro? Yeah, good. you know. We good over here. Yeah, you know, like, we, we about to argue a little bit today. We're going to be talking some NFL. Uh, so be prepared. We've kind of, we're in a group chat together, and we've had our arguments on the group chat. So we're going to take the group chat a little bit. We're not going to give you the explicit version of the group chat. But we're going to give, uh, you know, we're going to give the, the the version that you'd be willing to listen to. It kind of put some of these arguments and debates out here, you know, on, on a platform. So before we get that going, we'll be back right after this. Warning. You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We up in flames. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames, hold on, uh, check this go We up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah Woo. We up in, yeah, we up in flames, we up in flames Once again, we are back with another episode of Up in Flames. Like I said, I am your host, Mo Murphy, VP of Off the Ball Network. So before we get started, uh, obviously, like I said, I got my guy Hefe on again. But before we get started, make sure you go to betus.com, uh, betus.pa, my bad, using promo code Off the Ball to get 110% on your first deposit. So if you put $100, you'll get $110 gamble. Uh, NBA playoffs is coming up. The national championship for college basketball is coming up. If you're listening to this, uh, as well as baseball, baseball season is about to be in full effect. So if you're a baseball gambler, things like that, make sure you go to betus.pa and use promo code off the ball. So Hefe, we're going to jump straight into it. Um, there's a lot of conversations we had. Like I said, we're going to bring some of our group chat conversations to light and kind of, you know, put it on a platform and let people hear some of our thoughts. So, I'm going to go hardcore and I'm going to go straight into it. So we've been talking about Kaepernick and whether he belongs and has a spot back in the NFL. He just threw, <coughs> excuse me, he just threw, you know, uh, at halftime at the Michigan spring game. He was an honorary captain, you know, previously had played for hardball. So I'm going to ask you first, when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, is there, the, the simple question is, is there a spot for Colin Kaepernick in the NFL right now? I think there is. I think uh, uh, what we've seen from I mean, mind you, we haven't seen many or much of him over the last couple of years, for sure. Uh, um, I just think that, I, I mean, I've seen I've seen guys get, you know, signed off the street. You know, they're back home being an insurance agent or back home being a substitute teacher. And, you know, I've seen guys come in and uh, come in as a backup quarterback or come in and play 
whatever role or at whatever position at any given time off the streets. Uh, we've seen guys, I don't know if, uh, if the followers will remember, but a couple of years, or not a couple of years ago, over a decade ago when the Steelers brought Tommy Maddox in, I think he was like a, a, a math teacher in middle school somewhere, and they brought him in. I think he started a playoff game for him. But that was, and this is now, I know the NFL has changed. I do think Colin Kaepernick does have a spot at NFL simply because uh, of his experience and uh, from the sounds of it, his willingness to accept a backup role. Now, if you look across the NFL right now and you look and we looked at all 32 uh, backups or even the third string quarterbacks, you'll see some guys on there that you for a you wouldn't even realize were in the NFL or know who they are or B, you would be shocked to see some guys that were still in the NFL. Uh, so, for example, just to kind of give you a, a, a quick, quick name, the Raiders just signed Nick Mullins uh, as a backup quarterback. Um, I know he's had he's had some exposure when he was over in, in, in San Francisco and mind you, San Francisco offensive scheme is a little easier to run um, and more quarterback friendly, especially playing at the, uh, under Kyle Shanahan. So he did look a little promising as far as for a backup. But I mean, a guy like that or even a guy like Blaine Gabbert, these guys are still they're on NFL rosters right now. So when I think of Colin Kaepernick, yes, I don't think that he's a guy that you would you know be the, the starter for your for your uh, NFL franchise at the moment. But uh, if, if mind you, all this is pending on workouts and pending on on on, you know, how he looks on like at practice, like if, if, if you send scouts if I send my scout to a practice to go watch Colin Kaepernick play and he's giving me positive feedback as far as like, yeah, this guy actually, he, he does have some of the qualities that we're looking for, for a backup. Why not? Like, why would you not take a shot on him? He's not going to cost you five, 10, $15 million a year. He probably would get the vet minimum and you would have a, a solid second or maybe even a third string quarterback. If, if, if he just wants the opportunity to be on the NFL roster. Uh, now I kind of already know where you're going to go. The next thing with this, as far as like, oh, the, the baggage that comes with Colin Kaepernick and the, the you know, the, the bad attention and he would, and this, this, and that. I don't think that Colin Kaepernick going to an NFL team right now would, would divide the locker room or would make players start sitting out and, and, and protest and, and people lining up outside the stadium to, to get him out of the NFL. I think that's kind of, that's kind of came and went. That whole situation with Colin Kaepernick back in the day, uh, he'll never be forgotten for that. And I'm sure a lot of people still kind of holding grudges uh, as far as that uh, now. But uh, I don't. I just don't see him coming to an NFL team now and completely separating the the locker room or, or causing some kind of you know groundbreaking adversity you know across the NFL. I think he. I think I think he's worth a, the shot as far as like uh, uh, maybe even a, just a, a a training camp body or just for preseason. Like why not? Like there's there. I know for a fact, Mark. Me and you could look through the rosters right now and look at those second and third string quarterback third string quarterbacks, and we would find names that you would for sure take Colin Kaepernick over these names. Yeah, and you know, like you said, like I said, you know, um, some of these some of these conversations we've already had. So where I'm coming from with the Colin Kaepernick situation, first off, fuck that. All right, that, that's just what I'm going to say. Fuck that. I would not bring Colin Kaepernick uh, back. And it's not about, it's not a black and white thing for me. Like, it's not about, whether I, I, I believe in, in his cause or whatever, for me is this. It's plain and simple. Like, okay, Colin Kaepernick sued the NFL. Colin Kaepernick sued the NFL in one. So let's look at this as a realistic thing for your average person because we're average people talking about this situation. So let's look at this as your average person. You work a job. Let's say your average person work at Walmart, right? 
and something happens. They slip and fall, and there was no slip and fall sign or something, and they sued Walmart. And let's say they sued them for six figures. Yeah, I want one hundred fifty thousand for for you know medical bills, expenses, and I'm trying to come up off of Walmart because essentially y'all screwed me based on y'all rules. Once you sue Walmart, essentially they're probably gonna let you go. That's like you after suing and winning, calling back and be like, oh yeah, I do want to work here again. No, I know I sued y'all. I know I cost y'all six figures, but I do want my job back. Bro, what do you think a business is going to say after you sue them? Like, do you think they're going to gracefully accept somebody back? No, but you can't compare a situation like that to a situation like this. When you're talking about a situation in the real world where real people like me and you on an everyday basis, uh, yeah, like that that would be more of a situation where you probably aren't going to go looking for a job uh, at the place that you just sued. Now, we're talking NFL. We're talking a, a place where winning, winning or, or having the, the, the advantage, whether on or off the field, is at the utmost, you know, highest part of the totem pole there. So uh, we've seen that just to kind of put it blunt, bro, the NFL, they don't give a shit about uh, moral, what they're supposed to do morally or if it's right or wrong. We've literally seen guys get DUIs, kill somebody and get signed to an NFL roster the very next year. Mm-hmm. There's no... There's no, like, there's no rules to this. There's no, like, you know, uh, uh, what's, what, like, what's will happen or what should happen. It's just every team, like, these guys do their due diligence. And if, 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 a, if an NFL owner, which is one of the, you know, one of the 32 owners, which does kind of have a say and, and have a vote as far as, like, certain stuff passing uh, in the NFL and rules and whatnot. Like, if an NFL owner wants to sign Colin Kaepernick, the NFL is not going to do anything from, like, keeping them from doing that now do i think an nfl do i do i think an nfl owner is going to do that i don't think i don't think he's gonna get signed long story short i don't think i don't think he'll get signed i wouldn't be shocked i'm just i just think that he's worth looking into um but as far as back to what you were saying it's like it it, 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 like him suing the nfl i just don't see that being an issue we've had uh mind you it was an owner we've had owners sue the nfl and win before and al davis and and kind of also the example of, we, you know, we've seen players who had, you know, like potentially major issues off off the field with the law still be on NFL rosters. You know, at this point, Colin Kaepernick doesn't offer, doesn't bring any kind of liability or, or bad publicity uh, of like issues with him other than the fact that people are still remembering him for the stuff from like 10 years ago. Yeah, but for me, so, okay, so where I come from with the Colin Kaepernick situation is first off, he did get benched for Blaine Gabbert, period, point blank. That happened. People like to talk like, okay, he's getting blackballed, but this is a quarterback who, in the NFL's eyes, caused a distraction. Was his cause great? 100%. I get the cause he was coming from. I don't blame him for standing up what he believes in. But, like, you have to you have to realize your value when you make these moves. And so Colin Kaepernick has said out his mouth a thousand times, like, what I'm standing up for, it's worth losing it all if it brings light to my cause. And so it's brought light to his cause, and it's potential that he loses it all. It's potential that he's not going to play in the NFL again. He was willing to take that risk. So everybody else pitching for, like, Kaepernick to be here, like, here's my thing. If I'm, if I'm going to be the devil's advocate on why he shouldn't be, this is a guy who got benched for Blaine Gabbert at the end of the day. He was not performing well prior to him taking the knee. 
I support the whole taking the knee cause, even though I still think like part of me thinks there was a money grab in it because Colin Kaepernick capitalized off his cause. Right. But also he got a lot of people to back him and kind of rock with them. You see Eric Reed do it. You see multiple players. Malcolm Jenkins was a huge advocate of, of Colin Kaepernick's cause. But Kaepernick essentially like capitalized a lot. And so sometimes when I see people capitalize off their cause, I do question their intentions. But then you look, like you said, to your point, that people have done a lot worse morally and have benefited. We just watched Deshaun Watson get a five-year, $230 million fully guarantee. He's getting every penny of that. And <coughs> the Browns fixed his contract to where if he does get fined or suspended, it'll only come off a million dollars of that next season. So they protected him completely but my thing is with that is criminally he wasn't found guilty uh and, and it's not a criminal charge what, what it's not nothing criminal that Colin Kaepernick did but we're also talking about a guy who prior to him sitting out last season was arguably a top five quarterback so it's a little bit different like you said value is everything I will do whatever you know teams will do whatever to win games and so the, the Dallas Cowboys brought back Randy Gregory, right? Like they gave him another chance after failing multiple drug tests and things like that. And they gave him another chance coming off of the suspension and allow him to play and basically ball out because I think a Jerry Jones mind is like, bro, I don't care about that off the field stuff. Whatever can happen to give me the best chance of winning, that's what I'm with. And, and you know, even with the Saints, like we know Alvin Kamara is going to be back in the New Orleans Saints jersey. Even with the whole situation that happened in Las Vegas, like – he brings value to winning football games. So, therefore, you kind of look past or, or just keep it moving on things. But with Colin let Kaepernick, me, let me ask you this. can he perform? Like, does he, he doesn't make an impact on winning, in my opinion. Let me ask you this. So, there's a, a two, two questions to, the, to this overall thing here. So, first question is, do you believe with everything in your heart and mind that there is 64 quarterbacks right now that are better than Colin Kaepernick meaning first and second string. And the second part is, are you not signing him because of you're still holding that grudge? Or are you not signing him because you don't think he could play? So do I believe there's 64 quarterbacks better than Colin Kaepernick? I would have to say no, there's not, which therefore makes him at least, at, at best case scenario, a backup quarterback in the NFL, right? Which he's come out and said that he's willing to take that role. But if I'm a owner and you got to look at it from the owner's perspective is the same reason do I think there's 64 quarterbacks better than Cam Newton no I don't but with Cam Newton Cam Newton is a superstar as far as in the media it's not because we're in the social media era now so it's not all about what you do on the field right like Cam Newton has done so much he's been such a likable person that he's become a superstar. And even New England kind of was like, when they realized they were going to rock with Mac Jones, they didn't keep Cam Newton as a backup. Cam Newton would be a luxury as a backup for a lot of teams, right? But you know, like, there could be some distractions and unwanted attention with such a guy that's charismatic as Cam Newton as your backup. And a lot of people, the story, the minute your quarterback has one bad game, right? The minute he has one bad game, it's like, all right, put Cam Newton out there and see what he can do. Everybody still hasn't fully given up on Cam Newton. So with Colin Kaepernick, and it's a projection either way, like 
I could play devil's advocate and be like, okay, you know what I'm saying? What if he does this, right? Like, what if he gets on the NFL roster, he takes a knee again, he brings like the social injustice. As an owner, that's their thought process. It's like, okay, if we do give him a shot to be a backup, in their mind, that's going to be a distraction for somebody who's essentially starting the season, <clears throat> not going to have output, not going to have outcome of their season. Like, I don't want my backup quarterback to be any type of distraction. Whether you support the cause or not, it would bring unwanted attention for a, from a player who essentially, and you're playing if you're bringing him to be a backup, isn't going to have an impact on the outcome of whether you win or lose games. Murph, but you're talking about unwanted attention. You think that when Deshaun Watson laces up his cleats and plays that first game that all this is going to go away? Deshaun's a top five quarterback. Okay, but I'm saying that that, that still comes with a lot of the distraction. He impacts, though. but Deshaun Watson impacts the outcome of the Cleveland Browns season. Essentially, which, which, even if which, it's a distraction, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. When you're winning games... All is forgiven. When Deshaun Watson steps on that field, the expectation is that Cleveland Brown, the Cleveland Browns are contenders with Deshaun Watson, which is why, why they made that move. You're not a contender adding Colin Kaepernick to your roster. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick would have the same impact on, on an NFL team. Well, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get is that like an NFL owner or a GM or whoever, if they feel like they're going to get an advantage at any level or any like they're gonna take that risk now if you're if i'm looking at if i'm a, a owner or a gm or excuse me or a coach and i'm looking at uh colin kaepernick first of all but the difference between colin kaepernick and cam newton is that colin kaepernick is far more likely to accept the role of a starting of a backup quarterback than cam newton would be at this point second of all if i'm looking at colin kaepernick if i'm a gm why would i not want to sign him or potentially sign him even if it means that i'm using him with my second team to game plan for more mobile quarterbacks around the league like that. Like I'm looking at like even like stuff as little as that, or it might even seem as stupid. Why would you not also want to use him, him in, in, in a way to also prepare your defense for mobile quarterbacks, which you we all know that out the league like, six years, bro. Like, here's my thing. We talking about eight. You, you just, you just said that there's not six, that, that he, he would be among those 64 first and second uh, uh, stringers. Like, so you, you're saying that he, talent wise, he, He's also been out. My thing is, yes, would he be better? Are there 64 quarterbacks better than him? No, but there's 32 quarterbacks better than him. Was therefore to me makes him not a starter. So like, yeah, if I could take advantage of a guy in practice, bro, I could go sign Josh Jackson for that. Like, like, I, like, I, or, or it, Josh isn't, he on a, isn't he on a team? He's constantly on, on practice squads. And, he was so on he, the team. So so I don't a, know where he's a, at this year. There's a role for guys like that, though. You just like we just said, Josh Johnson. He's bounced around his whole NFL career, but he's There's not a role a, for guys like that. Became a distraction in the NFL is my point, and it's me saying he's a distraction is not whether I'm for the cause or not. It's still a distraction, and you don't want a distraction from a backup player. Like if your star wide receiver is producing, or your star quarterback, if this is Tom Brady fighting for the same cause. You look past it as a fan because he's winning games. You have a chance. So you, you, you think if Colin Kaepernick? You think if Colin Kaepernick gets signed right now to and he accepts the role of a second string quarterback, 
you really think there would be a distraction and, and, and half the NFL or, or the locker room would be divided? It's not about the locker room being divided. It's just about the fact that, yes, if Colin Kaepernick was to be signed right now and game one took a knee, yes, your backup quarterback has become a distraction. If you support the cause, I get it. I support it. Social injustice. Stand up for what you believe in. We are no longer in the shut up and dribble era. I understand that and I fully support that. But I don't want that if I'm an owner from a guy who's not going to impact winning. So I would rather go past that. If Deshaun Watson, who, you know, he's fighting all his cases or whatever, but in the in the civil court. But if Deshaun Watson was to take a knee for the Cleveland Browns, going in this year, fighting for social injustice, you can look past it because he's going to impact the outcome of the games for the Cleveland Browns. Colin Kaepernick will not. That's my whole point. You get away with certain things and you're allowed to do certain things when you impact winning or losing. You have Mark, a voice when you can you, you win or lose games. Colin Kaepernick will not impact winning or losing, period. He will be a backup. I don't want to hear much from my backups when they're not impacting winning or losing. If you start talking too much, you start becoming a distraction to my team as a backup. You're not even impacting the outcome of winning. Your only, your only hope of getting on the field is your injury away from getting on. I'm going to let you go, which is why the New England Patriots, because they knew the glamour that Cam Newton has when they decided that they're going to move on in training camp or during preseason and Mac Jones is going to be the starter. That's why they let Cam Newton go because the glamour that he comes with, the cameras that be around Cam Newton, the type of the, the people that love Cam Newton, that essentially could become a distraction to a team that's trying to win football games when on the field you're not impacting winning. Cam Newton was not going to play for the Patriots once Mac Jones was named the starter unless Mac Jones got hurt. And so for that distraction with the lights, camera, and everything else that Cam Newton is going to bring for being a glamorous and superstar-like individual, was it worth it? And New England said no. So why is somebody else who's, who's sat out who hasn't played in five to six years. Was he blackballed out the league? Yeah, probably, 100%. But at the same time, like, why am I taking a chance on a guy who's going to be on the roster? Could be a distraction. I'm not saying he will be. But if he does do that again, he could be a distraction. Whether you support the cause or not does not change the fact that it does distract from what's going on on the field and it becomes an antic in some people's eyes. And if you're not impacting the outcome of winning, I really don't want distractions from anybody who's not impacting the outcome of winning and losing games. If you're not a difference maker, shut up. Like, people accepted T.O. for what he was. Why? Because he was a difference on winning and losing games. People tried to call him a bad teammate, but at the end of the day, Every organization tolerated it because when he showed up on the field on Sunday, he was the difference between winning and losing games. So if you're not going to impact me winning or lose, if you're not going to be the difference of me winning games, bro, I really don't want to hear much about you. Call me whitewash. Call me the, the white man slate. That's just my opinion on sports. It's like, yes, you can have a voice. Social media has given everybody voice. But if you're not impacting winning, I don't need distractions and if that becomes a distraction i support your cause but i will support it from the outside looking in with your name not being attached to my roster that just is what it is in my right, so you don't but but you don't think that like these are the type of conversations that would be happening with the negotiations of them potentially signing with a roster you don't think that the coach or the owner would be like look you know we're interested in bringing you in are you planning on still protesting 
And if he's telling you no, like, why would you not take a like the shot on me? Like, if he tells you, look, I'm fully committed and being a backup and helping the team in whatever which way, and I and and, and my protests are, are are over. I'm not I'm not doing that. This is not what I'm here for now. Uh, like, you still don't sign him? Maybe if, he, if he's if, if excuse me if he's fully bought in into the backup role and just being about the team and 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 bringing no adversity to the to the, to the team, you don't sign him. So I'll put it like this. I'll put an example. My team, the Dallas Cowboys. If yes or no, Merv. Yes or no. Do you sign him if he tells you, look, I'm 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 like I, I'm not I'm not I'm not that's not what I'm here for. I want to help the team. Give me a shot to be a backup. Do you sign him, yes or no? From my team's perspective, from Dallas Cowboys, no. No, I wouldn't want him to back up who's that. Your, who's, your, who's your backup quarterback right now? Cooper Rush. Is Cooper Rush better than Colin Kaepernick? Uh I would almost say they're on the same level. So, this is a dude so got playing Kaepernick for six Murray, years. You're just you're like I did, this kind of answers that second part of that question. You're not signing him because you're holding the grudge, not necessarily because of what his talent could or could not be. But I'm not holding a grudge on him taking a knee. I support the whole movement of of standing up for social justice, and it, it would be wrong of me to not for not because when it came to the NBA, like I'm a huge LeBron James fan, and we know he's been an advocate of speaking up for social justice. I'm a huge Chris Paul fan, and we know he's the same way. So when the NBA, but those guys also was like, if LeBron was not impacting winning. Would you respect it the same? That, that's And it's not about respecting his voice. I respect his voice. But do I want that if you're not impacting winning? And so I'm not holding a grudge. You know I don't really like Colin Kaepernick, to be honest, because this is a guy who got benched for Blaine Gabbert five years ago. And we're saying, is he better? Than, is, he a, is he the 65th best quarterback? Probably not. But it also looks all good. How, here's my thing. Covering the draft, right? We talk about we don't hold too much weight with quarterbacks in pro days because, you know, it's no pads, no, no, you know. Okay, so he showed us he could sling the ball at the Michigan game at halftime. So can every quarterback that stepped up in the pro day. So I'd rather give the young guys who never had a shot a shot than him because everybody looks good on in a combine in a pro day throwing the ball if you don't. You're really not an NFL prospect, but everybody looks good. No pads, slinging the ball with no pressure. Yeah, does he have an arm? Yes, so does every other quarterback in the NFL, though. Literally, so does every quarterback. Whether, yes, there's levels to arm strength and things, but if you put every quarterback in the league, and including the one that you hate, in Tua Tagovailoa, Tua would look great in a pro day right now. He would impress scouts in a pro day status right now faking handoffs and throwing with no pads and no defensive pressure, he would impress you with the throws that he makes because Look, it, it, it's for show. Tua, shout out to Shane, but Tua Tebow would not impress nobody. Yes, he right? would, though. He would. Bro. He would very well. If you gave Tua right now a pro day, no pads, no helmet, and no defense, and you let him throw to Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle and Mike Jacecki for his pro day. He would very well look like the Dolphins would be a Super Bowl contender. Okay, so if, if, if you get if you get Colin Kaepernick those same weapons in a pro day, he'd look probably just as good, if not better. That's my point. Is all I'm saying is Colin Kaepernick is showing you he still has an arm in a pro day setting. That really means nothing. 
What happens when the defense it's, is in your well, face? What I happens when you have the game play? It's a totally I'm different not, thing. I'm not saying that like that you sign Colin Kaepernick because of the potential impact that he. No, I'm just saying like he's worth a shot of like looking into you, if, especially if he's brought into the to the to the culture or, or whatever it is that you got going on, and he's telling you, look, look, I'm not going to protest. All I'm saying is that there is he would be among maybe in the middle of the pack of those top 64 fucking quarterbacks in the NFL, like top 45 or top 50, you could do a lot worse. And if he's bought in and he's willing to just do what he has to do to, to, to be, to get a shot and, and not protest. And you were on the verge of saying, yeah, I probably would. I probably but would. Kaepernick doesn't have to protest to have all eyes and cameras on him. Once he gets that shot though. And it goes back to the fact he sued the NFL in one. And now you want a job back. I get the NFL is a, a, a entertain, but at the end of the day, it's a workspace. Everybody who plays in the NFL are essentially employees. And so when an employee files a grievance against a, the employer and wins anywhere else, we not having a conversation about getting your job back. At the end of the day, you filed a grievance against your employer. You won. You got the money, and now you're like, okay, I hope all is forgiven. I would like another opportunity. No, that's not how it works. File your grievance, get your money, and then now you keep it moving and keep making the impact on the social justice side of things. I think you're mis you're under uh, underestimating the the willingness or oh, the, it's different because it's the, in the, the, not the, a real. No. No, I'm just saying I really think you're underestimating the willingness that an NFL owner would have in signing him if they really wanted to. Like they don't no NFL owner is looking at this, hmm, I'm not gonna sign Cap because he sued me one time and he won. Like he like that that's not like the process is what's going on here. They're so looking at it. Nobody is okay. So when you talk about holding grudges, you don't think around the NFL community, the owners, the the white man. You don't think the white man is holding a grudge for the fact that he filed a grievance and won against the shield? Because everybody no, talking not, about the NFL and it's against the sh- the shield. It's all about the shield, right? I'm not. I'm you not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. In the space. I'm not gonna put that on every on every owner because at that point I would be assuming that every single owner in the NFL could potentially or is they are they all are prejudiced or and or potentially racist. It's not I'm about not prejudice that- when it, it's not about black or white when you get sued. It's about like. We got sued. You sued the shield and as an owner. I'm so, bro. It's bro. It's a white man's world, right? So when you go in that, sure, meeting, sure. I, the guy I that think that yeah, sued us another opportunity. So okay, but we're gonna move on from Colin Kaepernick. I did not think we'd spend this much time. I hope I don't get canceled for my thoughts on Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure there's gonna be multiple people telling me like, oh, we're pulling your black card because you came off like you don't support Colin Kaepernick. Well, you know, I don't care, but. I'm going to ask you one question and then we'll move on to kind of some off-season things and, and, and a little bit of draft stuff. Colin Kaepernick, the backup quarterback for the Raiders, are you okay with that? Are you okay with the Las Vegas Raiders signing Colin Kaepernick tomorrow? To be our number two? Yeah. Obviously, he ain't better than Derek Carr, so hell yeah, he got to be the number I two. I, I, I'm not going to say that I'd be happy, but I'd be like, damn, like he must have he must have shown the coaching staff or the scouts – Something that, that we don't know, and then we're willing to, to, to trust them with the number two. What I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, uh, you know burn my jerseys and 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 you know like I wouldn't do that. Like I would just be like, I wouldn't burn the jersey. But what I'm saying is like 
I put it like this. I wouldn't want Colin Kaepernick on Dallas. If he gets another opportunity, cool. I just don't want him to have the opportunity on, at, at in, in Dallas. I don't want Dak to have I'm one a, I'm game a, and everybody be like, oh, let Colin Kaepernick get a chance. I don't even want that distraction on my team. I'd rather have a backup. You, that, but you, that's because you don't like him. And you, you no, said earlier that you said because you, you don't like him. But, do, okay, so in, in a situation with, okay, no distraction, right? Is Teddy Bridgewater being in Miami a cause for concern for the Miami Dolphins fans? Do you think that's a cause for concern? I think so. So if Tua has a bad game, what's the first thing you think people are going to say? Put Teddy Bridgewater in. I don't want that for my team. I don't want that for my quarterback. I don't want to be in that situation. So for me, with having Dak Prescott, I'd rather, okay, we know if Dak Prescott gets hurt, we're screwed because Cooper Rush is not the guy that's going to get us to where we need to go as opposed to Dak. Yeah, you still want to win games, but at the same time, like, I don't want the Dak Prescott had a bad game in week three, and now we're talking about we're pulling the card of Colin Kaepernick should be in because every other top 10 to 15 quarterback really doesn't have to worry about that in the conversation, which is why every other top 10 to 15 quarterback, you name me the backup quarterback for every top 10 to 15 quarterback, irrelevant. Pretty much all of them are essentially irrelevant. Until they get an opportunity, none of them matter. None of the backup... The back, Tyler Huntley balled, right, for, for Lamar Jackson. We literally had people saying Tyler Huntley might be a safer option because he costs less than keeping Lamar Jackson around. People were talking out of their ass for that. I don't want that with Dallas. That's just my thing. And like, Colin Kaepernick isn't better than Dak Prescott. We could both answer that right now and agree on that. He's not better than Dak Prescott. He's not better than Derek Carr. But there's a reason why those teams with the top 10 to 15 quarterbacks also don't have an elite backup quarterback because they don't want to deal just with having an elite backup quarterback. It's a reason Dallas didn't sign Teddy Bridgewater. Because if Dak has one bad game, everybody going to be like, oh, let's see what Teddy Bridgewater got to do. Even though we're paying him $40 million, hey, let's look to move on from Dak because he had one bad game in week three. Like, there's a reason why the, the cream of the crop quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, they had drafted Jordan Love, and we've seen how that worked out. Like, all those elite quarterbacks, even Tom Brady, like his quarterback, his backup is what, Kyle Trask or, or uh, Blaine Gabbert? Like, like, it was Blaine Gabbard at one point. Like, it's a guy that you're not worried about even threatening your starter's job because you know you have an adequate quarterback. So, okay, if he goes to Seattle, cool, but I'll let them deal with that. But do I want him in Dallas and have to deal with that? No, I don't because I believe I, I don't, don't have a quarterback that's worthy of, of – I don't, I don't want him to be the Raiders' backup, but I'm just saying, like, if they did sign him, I'm just – I, I, but I'm more neutral in the situation. In week three, let's say he has a bad stretch. No. Quarterbacks have bad stretches, yeah. right? Week three, four, and five, early on in the season, Derek yeah. Carr had three bad games. He threw multiple interceptions. And the yeah. questions start raising, should Colin Kaepernick get an opportunity? What are you going to say as a Raiders fan? The only way Kaepernick... No, you're going to say no. Carr. No, no, bro, because we've seen Carr have stretches of like six or seven games where he's playing so-so. And he doesn't get benched. The only way Colin Kaepernick would play is if literally Derek Carr was like amputated leg for the game. He's so like that's what Derek I'm Carr saying. Can, you want Derek a Carr can have a player team where it takes for him to be injured and not available for that guy to play when when it could raise questions the minute your quarterback has a bad game. Because let's be honest, we're fans of the Cowboys and the Raiders. We have really good quarterbacks, but we don't have elite quarterbacks that we feel like at the end of the day their position couldn't be got. 
we don't have a guy on the roster that could get their position. But at the same time, enough bad stretches. You're like, all right, we need to figure something else out. And now you have Colin Kaepernick to do that. So people will raise questions a lot earlier. We're very reaction <coughs> fans now. Everything in sports is reactionary. And so one or two bad games for Derek Carr, it's like, give Colin Kaepernick. And then, and then you know, the I, don't think so. I think it would be. I don't, I don't think nobody would be calling for Colin Kaepernick, like Colin Kaepernick uh, to start or to get more playing time if Derek Carr had two or three bad games. So what's There's he no on the roster for? So what's he on? If you don't have an expendable quarterback, what's he on your roster for? Which therefore means would, you take him as a Raiders quarterback. As even the number two, the solidified number two. He would be willing to be a backup for a team. He's saying I'm willing to be a backup because he knows there's multiple teams who if he's the backup, their quarterback spot is to be had. The Houston Texans, the Seattle Seahawks, right? I can see Colin Kaepernick in Seattle because, you know, if Drew Locke starts off bad, that quarterback spot can be had for me to get my opportunity. But he's not willing to be a backup to just anywhere, and we both know that. But I'm going to keep it moving because I feel like this whole show is going to be on Colin Kaepernick, and I'm going to turn into the biggest Colin Kaepernick hater. So I want to talk about the draft just a little bit. And it's not about evaluating prospects. It's just – Kind of some moves, some arguments we've had, right? So we'll talk about Dallas first. So I'm an advocate of if one of the five receivers, and that is Garrett, obviously we know a couple of them won't be there, but one of the five premier receivers in this draft is Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London, Jamison Williams, and Traylon Burks. That's kind of the consensus top five. I know Christian Wilkinson has jumped in. Some people's top five. Chris Sims had him top five, but... Those are the five premier guys that everybody would love to have if you needed a receiver. I've said, I know everybody's talking about trying to build the offensive line, but if I think we're picking at 23 or 24, if one of those guys are available, I would love, and, and there's to me the offensive, the premier offensive lineman, Evan Neal, uh uh Tyler Lindebaum, the guy from NC State. You know, if those guys are gone. I would love to get a receiver. You've had a lot of pushback on that. Like, I would take a Traylon Burks in the first round if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, if he's there, and there's not an offensive lineman instead of reaching for an offensive lineman. Why do you think that I'm essentially crazy for thinking that I would go wide receiver in the first round and get the best because that would arguably probably be the best player available instead of going for a real need? Simply because I feel like with quarterback, or I'm sorry, uh, with wide receiver, like I understand, like what you're what you were saying, like in and in, in potentially adding like that much more crazy firepower and crazy weapons and and you know, um, I'm just thinking I'm looking at your roster and like you said, not only is the offensive line like patchy and and kind of suspect, excuse me, kind of suspect. I'm also looking at uh, adding the the linebacker depth, defensive back depth. You can never have enough edge rushers. You can never have you know, good good defensive line play. So there's just there's just more stuff that you could address now. Now, adding a wide receiver would that be the most terrible thing you could do in the first round? No, because I, I I feel like there is some some weight and some some justice to what you're saying as far as going after one of those elite wide receivers in round one. But then I start to look at a lot of these wide receivers that are potentially being linked round two, round three. Some of the quality names are still in free agency, and I'm starting to thinking, hmm. Dallas could really address adding a second uh, or a second or third weapon uh, uh, for the wide receivers for the wide receiver room 
the uh, the free agency or later rounds. Like you don't have to go wide receiver round one in order to to hit a home run on 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 addressing that need. Like it it's just you're paying a super high premium and you're banking on that having it to work out and him planning out to be in whatever it is that you're you know you're 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 wanting him to be a number two or a number one or whatever a slot guy. It's just there's less there's less margin for error, Murph, if you go receiver in round two or and or free agency. You don't have to you could still you could still invest and say you get uh N'Kobe Dean or or or, or uh one you know uh McCrary or one of those those top top uh top name cornerbacks and still like get a guy like David David Bell round two. Like but would that still not so, be so the pushback as I've told you that I'm for a playmaker on offense or defense. If I'm Dallas, I'm looking at you're you in the, the the conversation came with like you're looking at offensive line. I'm looking at a playmaker on either side of the ball. I'm okay if Traylon Burks, Nicobe Dean, and Devin Lloyd were all available. I'm okay with us going Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean. I am perfectly fine with that. But or or McCreary or or even uh Elon Elam from, from Florida. I'm okay with that because that does address a need, but I'm looking at a playmaker position. And so I bring up wide receiver because it's very possible that Dallas does get put in that predicament where like, okay, Traylon Burks is here, uh, McCreary's here, and N'Kobe Dean is here. Which way do we go? And if they go wide receiver and they get Traylon Burks, I would think that's a home run hit in the first round, but I will also feel the same way for N'Kobe Dean or McCreary or Elam if we went that way as a playmaker on the defensive side of the ball. But what I wouldn't want to see is the fact that Evan Neal, you know, the offensive lineman from 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 NC State is gone. Tyler Lindebaum is gone. And there's not a first round great offensive lineman left. But we reach and go O-line because that's a place of, like you said, it's a patchy position. And that's a that's a place of need. And so we reach instead of getting an impact playmaker guy who's expected to be an impact on their respective team that they get drafted to on day one. So I just want a playmaker offensively or defensively, but this is also a nice wide receiver draft where, you know, some mock drafts have Drake London to where he would be available. I don't think he would be for Dallas, but a lot of mock drafts have it where Traylon Burks would be sitting there for Dallas to pick. And so I'm not opposed to that. And it's like, I look around the league. Look at the AFC West. That's where I look. They are loaded on offense. Essentially, absolutely loaded. Y'all gave up y'all first and second round pick talking about the Las Vegas Raiders for Devontae Adams because you know he's a certified playmaker. He's not taking a chance because he's not a draft prospect. But you know offense is getting there now. We just watched the Cincinnati Bengals with the third worst offensive line in the league. But because they had drafted Jamar Chase and they have T. Higgins, they had Tyler Boyd, and they had Joe Mixon in the backfield, and they had Joe Burrow at quarterback, make it to the Super Bowl. And so it's like for a team who hasn't returned to the Super Bowl and going on, what, 27 years, yes, if offense is the answer to at least give me a shot to return and get there and have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl, that's the route I'll go. I want playmakers. I don't want necessarily biggest need when a playmaker on either side of the ball would be, 
you know, best available, essentially. So I'm okay if we don't go receiver, but we got Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean because those are playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Or we went McCreary, or we went Elam from Florida, or even if we went the guy from uh, the corner from Washington, I'm okay with that. But I want a playmaker because games don't have to necessarily be won. Playoff runs have shown they don't have to be won in the trenches in today's league that spread them out and stop the pass and pass the ball. It, either you can pass an elite level or you can shut down the pass game. And I know getting to the quarterback, but I think corners are becoming more valuable now because it's such a pass-heavy league. Even if I don't have elite pass rushers, if I got at least elite pass stoppers, I got elite you know, cover corners, it makes it easier and gives my, my, my pass rushers more time to get to the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you're, you are, you are, uh, you are right. Or at least like it theoretically, like you are correct on a lot about a lot about those things. I'm just, I'm just thinking is that you're paying a real high premium for a, a player of impact that you could potentially get in round two or free agency. And I'm just, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm looking at your, uh, your situation and I'm just thinking, man, like I would really like to see Dak be protected a little bit more and maybe Gallup turns into an Amari Cooper. Maybe CD takes that next leap and get, and goes from, you know, already a star to a superstar. Like you don't, you know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily have to, to get this guy in the first round, like Olave or whoever, which I don't think he's going to be there. Um, it just, I don't know, Murph, I'm just, I'm just thinking it's like, it's, it's kind of more of a, like a Madden move to me where it's like, I'm just going to get the, the best receiver. Like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to load up and, and I'll make do with what else, whatever else I got. Um, but that Madden but, move gets you there, though, because everybody argued, right, that, that Cincinnati took Jamar Chase. And the argument was that we just watched their quarterback essentially have what could have been a career-ending injury. Why not protect your investment? You feel like you found your quarterback of the future. Why did you not get Peeney Sewell? You went and got Jamar Chase because of the LSU connection and things like that. But it worked out. Like, they reached the Super Bowl. So the only combat combative statement that you can have is, but they didn't win the Super Bowl. But, like, reaching the Super Bowl is a is uber success on a season, especially for, like, a Cincinnati Bengals. So, like, putting together a team that really should reach the Super Bowl if you reach the Super Bowl, if you're the Dallas Cowboys in an NFC that can be had, that is uber success. Even if, like, okay, we ran out of juice, the offense didn't show up, or they didn't play well enough to the elite level that we needed them to in the Super Bowl, reaching the Super Bowl is something to build off of. Even if you think Cincinnati is going to take a step back, they're still going to have an elite offense. And I think part of, like, Cincinnati's step back would be just, like, Everybody in the division got better. Everybody in the conference got better, which is something that at some point is out of your hands, right? Like you, you did everything you could do to be a competitive team and make the Super Bowl. You can't help if every other team got money, goes and gets Deshaun Watson in your division. You can't help that the Steelers have an adequate roster. Like you can only control what you can control. You can't help that, you know, Russell Wilson has come to the AFC, the, the Chargers loaded up, like, but you also have something to build off of and some type of success to keep the momentum going. But there does come a point, I see where you could say like, okay, I think the Bengals take a step back. But at the same time, it's not because they regress as a team. It's just everybody else around them have caught up and tried to essentially get better because they've seen the type of success that the Bengals had. I think they set the tone for the Broncos going to get Russell Wilson. I think they set the tone for the Browns to go get Deshaun Watson. I think they set the tone 
for a couple other AFC teams to go get better defensively because they seen the type of offensive weapons that the Cincinnati Bengals team had where their quarterback gets sacked nine times in a playoff game and still wins because they were able to produce enough offensively and have enough talent on the defensive side of the ball to get the job done. So even if they take a step back, I think Cincinnati has set a new precedent on what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. And you could never have enough weapons. You had a good tight end. You had an elite wide receiver group. You had a top five running back. You, you had a top 10 quarterback. And you had an offensive-minded coach. And that seemed to be the recipe to get to the Super Bowl. So hey, Murray, I don't see why Dallas wouldn't two, do the same thing. Two questions. Number one, how did the Super Bowl end? What happened? What was the outcome? What was the play? And then number two is, with the exception of Jamar Chase, which we already talked off, off air on this, what round were those uh, the, the number two and number three receivers for Cincinnati drafted in? So I know T. Higgins was taken in the second round, but he was picked. He fell to pick 33, bro, because a couple incompetent organizations that knew they needed a wide receiver didn't grab a wide receiver. So, okay, T. Higgins was in the second round. I think Tyler Boyd was in the second round as well. But when we talk about pick 33, you literally slip to pick 33 when you're talking about T. Higgins because they grabbed their quarterback in the future. But – Second rounder, nonetheless. But Dallas isn't in a position where they could get an elite playmaker on, uh, and then hope that a David Bell or George Pickens falls to them. Like, those second-round great wide receivers could very well be gone early in the second round. And so me, now you're like, I hope Calvin Austin was as good as he looked on his pro day. I'm going to give you five names for five wide receivers that I think that are probably in the top five, and you tell me if you agree. Devontae Adams. Yeah. Cooper Cup. Yep. Tyreek Hill. Yep. Stephon Diggs. Arguable, but yeah. Okay. And then give me give me give me a fifth a fifth receiver that you would think that would be among that top five. I think when you get to five, it's arguable. I could give you a few names. Um obviously DeAndre Hopkins was hurt last year, so I think we'll just exclude him. Uh but you could really go that Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh I could be forgetting somebody. Like I said, DeAndre Hopkins was hurt, but I think when well, you talk well, about, I think you're going with like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson when you talk about production from last season. We'll go with we'll go with Jamar Chase just because you know he he had that crazy year. Four out of those last five, four out of those five names that I just named you weren't weren't drafted in the first round. I understand that and I get that, but at the same time, like if you're a first round, but a lot there have been receivers who have absolutely been hits in the first round. I know even if you go in the Hall of Fame, right? Like, like T.O. wasn't a first-round pick. Chad Ochocinco wasn't a first-round pick. Like, I Jerry know... Rice. Jerry Rice. I get that, but this is a time now where we're in such an elite offensive mindset that if you have an opportunity to get an elite offensive weapon, you go ahead and do it. This is also... But I, just, I just named you four out of the five most elite playmakers that went on the way. How long have how long have they been in the league? Jamar Chase was number five. Justin okay. Jefferson Cooper, was first round pick. Cooper's Cup been in the league. All three of all four of those guys have been in the league at least five years. Which makes it five years ago is a different time than it is now when they talk about the progression of having offensive playmakers. They were drafted yeah. at a different time, and they also went to smaller schools, which I respect. But I'm just saying, if you have an opportunity to get the guy that you feel like in the first round could really make plays for you offensively, which is a Drake London, a Traylon Burks, um, 
you know, some people do have Olave slipping where he would be available for Dallas. And that's where my bias kicks in. Yes, I would love to have Chris Olave. But even if Olave's gone, Garrett Wilson, you know, uh, Drake London and, and Chris Olave are gone. But Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams are available. I know Jamison Williams is coming off of ACL, which is why I would kind of X him out for Dallas because I really don't want to go into the season with two of what would be our top three wide receivers recovering from ACL injuries. I'm not big on that. Like all your two of your weapons are coming off of ACL injuries, but he still could be very effective after what the first month of the season. Why would you not go get those guys when you know we're in an offensive league? It just, it is what it is. That's why the Raiders went and got, you know, uh, Devontae Adams. That's why they gave up what they gave up and signed him for what they signed him for to go get Devontae Adams. That's why the Dolphins went and got Tyreek Hill and paid him what they paid him because we're in a league where, like, you need to have elite offensive weapons. Regardless of what you got at quarterback, you need weapons to make to elevate your quarterback at times. So a lot of other teams took chances, and I know they're proven. Like, Tyreek Hill's proven, so you'll, you'll applaud the move that Miami made. Devontae Adams clearly is proven and has a rapport over there with Derek Carr, having played college together. We're like, okay, this move makes sense. We've seen this coming. We've heard rumblings that, you know, Devontae Adams will love. But at the end of the day, this is teams going after playmakers, so why would you not take the same approach in the draft if one of those playmakers is available is my only question. Yeah. I mean, you do, you do, you do bring up a valid point. It's just like you got to go you know, after playmakers. Like that's that's even with with Kansas City is like everybody's doing their mock drafts, and they got Kansas City. People think Chris Olave might slip to where up. Oh, Kansas City got two first round picks. They go get Chris Olave, or or they reach and go get a David Bell or George Pickens because they know okay they did trade Tyreek Hill, but they do need to replace and have weapons. They got Juju, uh, they got McCole Harmon still, but. They still need to have a lot of weapons. They still have Travis Kelsey, who's probably the best tight end in the NFL. One of the greatest tight ends we've ever seen play, but it's all about your weapons. And so they're not even, you know, they didn't even prioritize paying Tyran Matthew his money because they're, they're focused on the offensive end. And a lot of people don't have them drafting defensively because they got them going and getting weapons on offense because it's all about the offense right now. I know. You know, the Rams defense and Aaron Donald and the havoc that he wreaked on Joe Burrow essentially won them in the Super Bowl. But if the Rams weren't adequate and had an elite offensive, if Odell didn't come out and play the way he did prior to getting hurt, they didn't have a number one weapon like Cooper Cup. They didn't have Matthew Stafford at quarterback. Like every move they made told you that they believe in the offense. They believe in offense is going to win you championships. We don't think Jared Goff is good enough, even though we had the same type of playmakers on defense. So we upgraded a quarterback. We don't believe with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods tore his ACL, and they're like, okay, even with Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Tutu Atwell, which could have been a, a solid wide receiver core for any other team, they're like, we're not good enough. O Odell Beckham's unhappy in Cleveland. Let's go get him as well. Like, they, they went after offense. I know they signed Von Miller, you know, uh, midseason and things like that, but they went after the offense because they felt like without an elite offense, you're not winning a championship. And so even though defense prevailed for them, they came in with an elite office that the Cincinnati Bengals had to prepare for and, and, and essentially made plays. Cooper Cup had over 100 yards. Odell Beckham scored the first touchdown. They're deep. They're three deep at running back with Henderson, uh, Sony Michelle, and, and Cam Akers coming back off a of torn Achilles. Like, and you've seen the impact to be so loaded at every positional offense. They got Tyler Higby at, at tight end. That's what got them there was just 
even though the offensive play wasn't elite every game that got him there, it was the fact of having those elite weapons is what got him there. So I believe Dallas should have the same mindset and go ahead and get those elite, get, be elite on offense and, and let everything else. I, you got to win shootouts now. And it comes to a final stop, not who gets the most stops. I mean, they also had two out of the top five, maybe top 10 best defensive players on that side of the ball as well. And Jalen Ramsey. And Aaron uh, prior to that, they were nothing but just a playoff team. With Jared Goff, they were just a playoff team. They upgraded at quarterback. They added another wide receiver. They 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 added another running back when they had the opportunity to get Sony Michelle, even though they had Henderson and New Camp hoped that Cam Akers would come back at some parts of the season. They still every opportunity that they had to grab an offensive piece, they did that because they knew you could never have enough weapons in today's NFL when you're trying to win the Super Bowl. And so I would not be upset with Dallas taking that same approach. Well, for your sake, I hope if they do go that way, it better work out. I mean, you about to be- like I said, if they went playmaker on defense, I also wouldn't be upset. If I can get N'Kobe Dean or Devin Lloyd in Dallas, I love the pick. I'm, I'm rocking with it because I think those are day one impact players that are playmakers. I know, you know, you need some help in the trenches, but I think there's it's front loaded as far as the offensive line goes. And so I think when you look at in the 20s, there's not really an offensive lineman that would you would grab, but there would be a guy in the second or third round. I mean, have they, we just sent mock drafts back and forth. It was the one common denominator of, of an offensive lineman that I've grabbed for all of our teams and, and doing mock drafts for your mind and Shane's team for the Saints. Dylan Parham, like I would love to get him in the second or third round. So that that's just something that that's just something that that I look at. But Hey, I appreciate you for coming on, bro. We're going to go ahead and wrap this show up. You know, nice little hour talking football. Spend a lot more time probably talking about Colin Kaepernick. I do. I, I guess I come off as a Colin Kaepernick hater, and that's okay. If I got to wear that hat, you know, I'll wear it. But, Hefe, let everybody know where they can follow you and just and just kind of keep intact with things that you, you do. Uh, man, yeah, just follow me on, on Twitter on J.Fu. Um, I believe my, my – uh, my Instagram is j.g, uh, j-d-o-t-g-e, um, and hopefully I can come on some more episodes and keep it moving. Yeah, 100%. As always, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate everybody for listening. Make sure, you know, if you're not already subscribed, you're a new listener, you subscribe to the Up in Flames pod dot substack.com. It's where every episode drops. Make sure you also uh, rate and review on Apple. Spotify and everywhere else. But I appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. And on that note, 